Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. Thank you that the separation and death between us is over because of what you did. We thank you that you are our Savior, not just the Savior of our lives, but the Savior of our circumstances, that there's hope in everything that we're facing, anything that we're facing in this world. Because you have faced it as well, and you are our Savior even in those situations. Thank you for the blessing, for the love, for the healing, for everything that comes through you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Welcome again. So uh, the kids can head off through to uh, Shine, and while they're heading out, we are welcoming church. So why don't you take the moment just to say hello to somebody next to you, behind you. If there are any new people here today, then uh, hopefully you received a welcoming pack as you arrived. With, uh, the welcoming pack has a little welcoming card in, and if you can, please fill your details out in there and pop it at the, the welcome desk before you leave because we really would like to reach out to you um, and welcome you to the church, but we need your details for that, so if you wouldn't mind filling that out. So uh, we're going to just go through some announcements quickly. Uh, before we get into, into things. So the first thing is just some happy birthdays that are coming up this week to, to people in the congregation. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So on the 30th, we've got Raphael Smith. And Jolie uh, Botondi. Right, then Margot Kraus, Eddie Allen, Zenaid Hendricks, and Sakisi Mushwana. And then uh, Janice Duplessis and Alonso Badeali. I hope I said that right. So happy birthday to everybody. Really hope that you guys have a great week and uh, get to celebrate your birthdays and celebrate you. All right, so we've got uh, some more announcements. We've got deeper prayer uh, meeting on Wednesday, 2nd of August at 7 o'clock at the church. Um, the classics are meeting on Friday, the, the 4th at 9.30, also at the church. They're going to be having a music quiz. So if you're going to be joining that, please remember to bring a pen with. All right, and then we've got a men's breakfast coming up on the 12th of August at 9 o'clock at the church. Uh, the cost of that is 60 rand per person. Um, and then please register online, and you'll get the registration link via email on Monday. So check your inboxes for that, please. Then we've got hospital ministry at Colbremer. Uh, for the, a couple of Saturdays, Saturday the 5th, the 12th, and the 26th at 3 p.m. So we're just pausing the Thursday night meeting while it's so cold uh, and in the middle of winter. We're just going with the Saturday meetings. But I really want to encourage you guys to join. Just join at least once for this ministry and just, uh, just you know, come together to serve the Lord by serving other people. You know, we, we meet people there who don't know Jesus and we meet people there who do know Jesus but they need encouragement. We need to pe meet people who have kind of drawn far from the Lord, and they need encouragement to draw back to Him, and the Lord moves, and it's not out of our strength. We just pray He does the rest, so it's not even that difficult. So just come and enjoy this ministry. Come learn with us how do we can serve the Lord in this ministry. Okay, and then we've got a Love After Marriage seminar. So that's presented by Gary and Hilary Pulser from Nothing Hidden Ministries, and uh, there are a lot of dates. I'm not going to read them out. Hopefully they're up there. Oh, they're not. Oh, shucks. Okay. Okay, it's over two weekends. That's easier. Oh, yeah, that's much easier. Okay. So <laughs> it's Friday to Sunday for two. No, no, it's not. Oh, okay. I have to read it out. Okay. 22nd to the 24th, 25th, 29th, and 30th. Guys, it's happening on those dates. 
Okay, two weekends. It costs 500 rand per couple, including a set of workbooks and registration will also be sent in that email on Monday. Right, then we've got regular meetings, youth every Friday at 7 o'clock at the church, ladies meeting every Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. at the church, healing streams by appointment, please contact the church office if you would like an appointment there, Moms Connect group, Okay, just read there. (laughs) I can read for you, but just read there, please. Okay. (laughs) All right, um, and then we've got uh, Shine. Uh, We also got counseling and marriage, uh, counseling and marriage counseling. So please speak to Jose or Cheryl Yatu or connect the church office for that. Okay, and now I'd like to hand over to, to Tim. Oh, oh, the offering. Yeah, let's pray for offering. Sorry, before that, before that, let's pray together. Right, Holy Spirit, oh, we're so grateful to you. We're thankful for everything you've done in our lives, for what we received directly from your hand, just out of the goodness of who you are and your loving your loving um, attitude towards us. Mm. Thank you for these tithes and offerings multiplied in Jesus' name so that we as a church may fulfill the purpose that you called us to. That we, may, we as a church may establish your kingdom on earth and uh, execute your will to the best of our ability. Yes. And we thank you for this, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Derek. Can I, I'm going to ask you to bring that down. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Are you doing well? I'm going to be down here because the space is so big in front. You, you seem so far away, so I'm going to come closer to you. Is that okay? But I um, hope you had a good week. Um, it's always a, ah, it's good to see you. <laughs> it's always good to see the children just worshiping. And I know, um, I know we mentioned this a few times, um, family service seems a little chaotic. It should be, because <laughs> okay. I don't know about you, but my family is a bit chaotic, <laughs> okay? But we want our children to experience the presence of God, and the Bible says, train up your children in the ways of the Lord. So um, training is not always easy, because the kids will come, and they'll be a little bit disruptive, and they'll be, but you know, um, the, the more we do this, I believe our children are learning about the presence of God. I was just watching some of the, the girls sitting, Lucinda, watching you. Now, that's discipleship right there. You know, they may not even understand half of what's going on, but they're here in the presence of God, and that's what we're about. Father's house, um, we are family church. So if you're here this morning and you're visiting and you're wondering what has happened, <laughs> welcome. Okay, That's who we are, um, and, and we're going after it. You know, I love the testimonies because, man, the Lord is working. The Lord is busy. And he's not a respecter of man, of any person. doesn't matter how old you are, um, young or old, eh? the Holy Spirit is at work in you. And so I love it when I hear the testimonies of children and their faith is growing. Um, when I got the call, um, uh, <laughs> when Anton sent me the voice note about what happened to Stefan, Stefan, well done, man. Yeah, you know, believing the Lord, trusting the Lord. Um, that's one of the greatest things we can learn in this life. But wh- why don't we pray quickly, and I've got a word to share, and this is really a, post- a pastor's message this morning, so bear with me, but I think it's important. Amen. So Father, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this church, um, in the lives of the families in this house, Lord. Um, We thank you, Father, that we are learning more about you. And as we grow closer to you, we're also growing closer to one another. Thank you, Father, for the local church that we are part of, Father. And though, Lord, we thank you that we are part of the body of Christ, but Lord Jesus, you are so, um, I am so aware that you are in the local church as well. And that your heart is for, for us, Father, to walk together as family, uh, as brothers and sisters, and not just as um, children of God. 
So I thank you for this word. I pray that you would speak into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I hear a voice that I've missed. Where is the... Yeah, there you are. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> it's good to have you. Yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll have coffee afterwards. <laughs> it's so good to see you. I, I tell you, um, Auntie Josie, I, I attended uh, a memorial service for Auntie Josie, and I don't, I don't know if Myrna's here this morning. She's probably off today. And Auntie Josie, if you don't know, was our, one of our oldest members. She was 100 years old in eight months. Um, and passed away in peace. Um, and so we had a memorial, and I was just, uh, it was next door, and just looking at, you know, uh, the, the beauty of family, um, spiritual family as well as biological family. And uh, I heard the stories, you know, just listening to the years and years of walking together. Some of you have walked together for 40 years, eh, Pete? Um, Pete, Veronica, there you are, were in the youth in this church. And, um, and now they're leaders. And, you know, they, they've sown so much into many people's lives. Um, I heard that Alexander Fenter was in the youth with you. And, and he's one of the pastors now. Well, he's more than just a pastor. He's teaching on, on the things that we are teaching. You know, he, he wrote books on these things. The kingdom of God. But I was, I was pondering this week about the importance of family. The local church. And the last couple of weeks have been amazing. We've seen the move of God. Um, from Alpha Weekend to we had Dab Alexander, the body of Christ. To seeing how the body of Christ is also important and we're part of that. The bigger universal church, you know. Um, and then we had Andrew Christie. And, um, and just listening even there how the Lord is you, um, working through that church. He's, he's pastoring out in um, Pretoria now. Um, and then I, I looked back at this week and I thought, what God is doing at the Father's house. I don't know if you can see what the Lord is doing. And I don't know if you can, maybe some of us can see it, others can feel it. You know, others, maybe we hear about it, you know, it's okay as well. But the Lord is busy moving. And as he moves, I believe there's a couple of things that happen. We begin to grow spiritually, individually, each and every one of us. But we also begin to grow collectively, corporately. We begin to, to, to see what God is doing in the midst of each other. Um, and, and it's never, it's, it's easy to miss it, you know. That's what I want, I, I, I realized this week. It's easy to miss it, particularly because when God is at work in you, He's busy shaping and molding you, and one can kind of get so um, fixated on that, you know. You're going through stuff, or you're seeing victory, and you're like, man. But I want to remind you this morning, and I believe the Lord wants, us to, wants to remind us, that you're, you are not alone, that there are others that are with you. And each one of us are at a different stage in our journey. And it's the journey of life, but it's the journey of life in Christ. And learning to walk together, at knowing that each one of us are in different stages, is the key, I believe, to what Jesus was speaking about when he prayed that we may be one. That we may walk together as one, um, as he is in God and God is in him, he said, let let them also be one like us, Lord. And I believe the Lord is teaching us. So I want to go to Romans 14, guys, um, and we're going to read. And this is more, this is a, post, a pastor's teach, really. Uh, so, so you want to write some things down or take some notes, but think about what God is saying to you. And again, if you're visiting our church, um, Hear, hear what God is saying to you. It's, this is a moment in the lunch, okay? But Romans 14, and, and I want to give you some background. The book of Romans was written by Paul, and it's, it's one of the best writings of Paul. That, did you hear that? Ding. Yeah, there was a revelation moment right there. Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> One of the best writings. Why? Because the book of Romans is about doctrine. In other words, the beliefs, the set of beliefs for the church. And I've come to understand a couple of things about doctrine. Doctrine, what you believe, is, is, is doesn't just come in one moment, you know. Like you get saved and all of a sudden I fully understand all things, Lord. And now I can walk as the mature, professional Christian, walk through this life, you know what I mean? And let me go and disciple the world as a mature, professional Christian. No. You know that life in Christ doesn't work like that. It comes with what we call revelation, and revelation comes in parts. As we learn more about God, we walk with Him, and, we, and we, we begin to understand who He is. And then, you know, we walk together with others. And like I always say, Jesus didn't only disciple um, the twelve, but the twelve discipled them, each other. The tax collector was rubbing up against the fishermen, you know. And through that, they were sharpening and discipling one another, even in the book of Acts. When they were apostles, you know, it's like, man, we graduated. <laughs> you know, we're no longer called disciples. We're apostles now. And even then, they were sharpening. And, and if you read the book of Acts, there were so many moments of conflict, of discussions, of disagreements, of, what, of doctrine, of beliefs. And I always wondered, why didn't Jesus just give them the full manual and then say, here's the manual, yeah, knowing God, here's all the answers, to all of life, of living life with Jesus or in Christ, and, um, and then you're going to live that. And he, he didn't. In fact, he, he walks three and a half years with them, and uh, then he says, bye-bye. <laughs> and he says, I'll see you the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you guys are going to figure this out. <laughs> and along came a man who wrote this book. His name was Paul. And he really, he really shook this whole thing because... He was the only one at firstly didn't walk with Jesus as a disciple. His transformation was so unique and it was so radical. Some of you can fully identify with that. He persecuted Christians, killed them, and then on his way to Damascus to go and actually get some rid of some more Christians, Jesus meets him on the road. And he has this open heaven vision. And um, from being a murderer, he becomes transformed into someone, not just a follower of Jesus, but an apostle. And he brings a, a dynamic to the whole thing that totally shifts the history of the church. And that's why you and I are here today. God didn't raise up the Paul, who was Saul, and transform him. Um, we wouldn't be sitting here because he took the gospel of Jesus to the Gentiles. And so Paul had a very unique understanding of this thing called the church. Because um, he was a Jew, but he was um, able to have a heart for the Gentiles. And so when they had this church started, and Paul, yes, you know, started many churches made up of Jews with Gentiles. And they went through a lot of things because they had to figure this thing out. When you grew up, you grew up with a set of beliefs. doesn't matter who you are. You, you might have realized it, you might not have realized it, but your culture, your background... Your, the, the, your parents, your dad, your mother, the things they teach you form your beliefs. And when we come to Christ, we come with all that stuff, right? Because we can't just change overnight. And the last couple of weeks, we spoke, we've been speaking about the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, there are sets of beliefs. There's a way of life, a way of life that Jesus not only taught, displayed, when he was here. And so Paul had a couple of challenges because for the first time there was a church made up of Gentiles and Jews, people from different cultures and backgrounds, 
Some, you know, uh, we eat Gatsby's, others eat chicken feet and smileys, and um, some have pop with wurs, and others are like, no, it must pop into gravy. <laughs> and this became the church. And so in the book of Romans, the church was struggling with a couple of things. They were struggling with what we call doctrine, different sets of beliefs. And so Paul had to write this book to address the different sets of beliefs and how we are to walk together as one in Christ, even though we have different backgrounds. Father's us, it is beautiful that the Lord has made us diverse. It's a gift. And I, I, I know, I'm looking at Pete there because I know for years I've heard the prayers for this church to be multicultural. And here we are. And we're not just multicultural. I'll tell you what's happening. Some of you know Jesus for maybe a couple of weeks. And I was so excited. Some of you a couple of months. Others, are, you know, you, you've been walking this walk for years. And what's happening is that we have all this diversity and it's coming together under one roof. Not the Father's house roof, but the roof is Jesus, you know, one. And so what's, what's happening is that we inevitably, inevitably going to be rubbing up against each other. We're going to be challenging one another. Those that are fired up like last week, man, I tell you, the coals that are burning will ignite you. It will challenge you if you are cold. <laughs> Hey, I wish I could jump like Heinrich, like he did last night, um, last week. But there's going to be a rubbing. And so Romans 14 is Paul addressing the church about the differences in terms of where they're at with the Lord and their beliefs. And so let's read it through. And I'm just going to kind of break up a few things and, and then bring it home. Um, verse, one, verse 1. Yeah, here we go. It says, except, one, the, sorry, except the one whose faith is weak, without, without quarreling about disputable matters. So, there's always going to be disputable matters. There's a couple of things. Bear with me. I'm going to do a little bit of a teach like this, okay? There's a couple of things in church that you will always realize. Some will agree and some might not agree. And I tell you, it is not the disputable matters that bring the church together. In other words, you don't have to find agreement on all disputable matters. What are disputable matters? I've wrote a few things down, like doctrine, which is a set of beliefs. Baptizing, how do we baptize? Do we throw them down? Do we kick them in? I mean, I've seen all kinds of baptism. You know, the, one, the best baptism I've seen during winter, the pastor was outside the, the pool. I, I, I told Diddy, can't we do it like that? Everyone else who needed to be baptized was inside, you know. <laughs> he was not going to go in. And he was like, okay, you got, okay now, now go down. <laughs> in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son. Man, disputable matters, doctrine. There are things that you've come to this church that you saw is different to where you come from. I know many of you are probably going to shake your heads, you know. Some of you were, were spiritually, you were born in this church. And, and you've seen all that. And you, you've learned everything here. And then you like wonder, now who's this guy? This Tim Feeder guy coming with these different ways of baptism or whatever, right? And you're probably like thinking, man... <laughs> What happened to the Father's house? <laughs> Does it sound like a church of the book of Romans? <laughs> the, the other disputable matters is, is uh, theology. What is theology? It's the study of God, the understanding of God. Why does it become a disputable matter? Because revelation is not a once-off event. Revelation is a process. As I walk with the Lord, I, I, you know, so I, when I got saved, my dad was a Pentecostal. Um, he was a minister in the Pentecostal church. He wasn't a pastor, but a minister. And, and so, you know, we got saved with the tie and the suit. 
even at the age of, <laughs> I, was, I had to wear tie and a suit. And I tell you, it took me years. I think I was only in my 20s when I realized that it's okay, the Lord will allow you not to wear a tie and a suit, you know, and, and he's not going to be angry. My mom used to wear the hat, you know, and, and the bigger the hat, the more holier they were. It was amazing. <laughs> it's like maybe that's like the covering of the, of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. But, you know, and, 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 and I mean, we grew up believing that the hat, go have that, ladies. When he broke his drani, you know. Wear the pants, you know, wear the skirt, because I don't know what that. <laughs> but, you know, it, Revelation, my father used to say to us, don't go watch movies at the Biscope, which is the cinema today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is Biscope the Afrikaans word? I don't know. That used to be the word, you know. My father used to give us a whole set of rules, and I tell you, um, the day I got radically saved, I was in a church that didn't worry about you know, the tie and the suit, and you know, and my dad was was not very happy about it. And so he was in his church, and I went and I joined this church where I got saved. And I would come home, and my father would he would be very gracious, but he would say, you know, um, are you sure about that church? And uh, I said, Dad, if you if, if you see anything in me that makes you worry about that church, then you tell me. So that was our deal. And so I went to Bible school there, and, and eventually my dad um, called me the one day, and he said, listen, I see you growing in the Lord. And I said, yeah. And that was without the, the hat, that, <laughs> the skirt, and you know, not that I was wearing the skirt, but no. <laughs> Over time, I saw my father get revelation that it's way deeper, that the walk of Jesus is way deeper than the outward. But it took time. And it took grace, I believe. Some of you are starting to experience the grace of the Lord in your revelation of Him. And so, another thing that I wrote down, disputable matters in the church, are the mysteries of God. You know, the supernatural experiences. The, the, um, the, 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 the signs and the wonders. These are mysteries. In my head is like, I want to figure it all out. I want to have answers to every little thing. And I've, I've come to understand over the years that God is mysterious in many things. And if you don't, if you're not careful, you're going to lose your awe and your wonder. There's beauty in awe and wonder. The, uh, in Embracing the mysteries of God and not trying to figure it all out. Sometimes the Lord would do things and you'd be wondering for the rest of your uh, Sunday lunch, maybe even asking, you know, what was that? You know, um, trying to figure it out. I, I tell you, it's like I believe when Jesus said, Come like little children. There are times when you have to allow the mysteries of God to grab your heart and say, Wow, Lord. I'll, I'll never have you figured out. So I tell you something, heaven is going to be like that. He's so, he's, he is so um, uh, limit, limitless. He is so infinite that you can never fully understand God in His fullness. And you're going to live for all eternity try, um, trying to understand this, this Father who has limitless um, in infinity uh, attributes and, and uh, dimensions of Him. Where every revivalist in the history of the church walked in awe and wonder. There's another word for it. It's reverence. Where, where there's a reverence of His holiness that you know you'll never get to understand. That's why heaven, sorry, I'm going to just park you a little bit. That's why heaven, as in the Revelations, it says that the, the angels, are, the cherubims, right, are flying around and they have eyes all over them. And every now and then, all of heaven stands still because they begin to see another dimension of God. And they start to cry, holy, holy. And the Bible says that the 24 elders then all 
bow down, they throw their crowns down. And here's the key to that verse, and this goes on for all eternity. It's not like it's a once-off event. Revelation is never a once-off event. Going to a knowing God is just a part of it. Hey, then you're going to come to something like Bible school or you're going to sit and I'm telling you, it's, you're going to be at home and you're still going to get revelation. And you're going to have this, this ongoing process of getting revelation of God for the rest of your life. You can never say, I have the t-shirt and I've worn the t-shirt and therefore I've graduated. I have, I have my own interpretation of heaven or even an earth, right? I think we're never going to stop learning about this God, this Father of us. That we're always going to be seeing something new, something fresh. And so doctrine, theology, mysteries of God will always be matters that can easily become disputable. Paul says, accept one another. Those that are weak, without quarreling about the spiritual matters, I'm going to read on. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted, accepted them. Now, let me break that up slightly because... I read this, and I'm going to give you, the, again, the context, right? You've got some Jews in the, the Church of Rome, and you've got some Gentiles. The Jews are the ones that don't want to eat the meat. They're the ones that are following all the rituals, but now they are in Christ. And Paul knows. I mean, this is the amazing thing about Paul and his walk with Jesus. At that time, he already knew that it wasn't the rituals that's going to get them saved or get them get them to have any more love from the Father. Paul knew, but Paul also understood that revelation does not come as a once-off event. And so Paul says, those that are still walking in that, you're speaking to the Jews, those of you that are still walking in the rituals, but you are following Jesus, it's okay because that's the measure of the faith that you're in right there. But he says to those Gentiles who also knew that they didn't have to follow all these rules and that they are to walk the way they also walk, but they are not to judge those. And so both ways, there's a, there's a walking together of non-judgment in the church today. Not just our church, any church. It is the same. Some may have revelation of things, you know, and I'm going to go to the mysteries of God. You may have revelation and you may know, yeah. It's easy for you to encounter the Holy Spirit to the point where you're jumping up and down. And you, you know what I mean? And worship, man. Like my boy, I watch you. And I'm like, he's like doing. I'm like, how are you doing? <laughs> like in worship, like, you know. I, I, did you see that? Yeah, he's, he's rubbed it off a little bit. Huh? <laughs> but I mean, listen, you, you're singing, you know, your name is the heart. That's true. Some of you will experience the Lord in ways that, where you at? Where you at? For some, maybe just lifting your hands up, you're not ready yet, eh? Or you, you know, I started here. <laughs> you know, actually it was the, this is the easiest, like, this is like level one, Lord. Um, and it's Okay. That's how we have Lucinda here. <laughs> She's going to help you. She's going to teach you. But we are not to judge one another for where we are at. And so it says, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Oh, what is, what is Paul saying? God is your master. We are his servants. This is something I call the culture of honor. To see people from heaven's perspective as the Father would see you. So I look at Jude and I'm like, okay, he's there. 
I wish you can also kind of get to the place of worship and, you know. I look at my daughters and I see they are different places. And the father would look at you exactly the same. Hey, isn't that beautiful? He's a father. So, culture of honor, I want to say this this morning. In the culture of honor, the Spirit of God is able to flow. In fact, last week in our Bible school, and tonight's our last, and we're doing activation tonight. Last week we did impartation, and I saw it. As soon as there's a culture of honor, it's like the presence of God rides on the wings of honor. And so some will fall over in the spirit, others will cry, some will laugh, some might just sit there. Wherever you're at, so it says, do their own master, servant, stand or fall? And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Verse 5, one person considers one day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. I want to free you this morning, because I believe that's the heart of God. I've had many conversations with some, um, you know, about Sabbath, and did you know the Sabbath was on a Saturday, and oh, and then, you know, and then um, the Seventh-day Adventist friends of mine and family, you know, it's on a Friday night, you know, to Saturday, and others are saying, no, Sabbath is now every day, actually Jesus is the Sabbath, and, you know, and we can break this all down, and I'm telling you, how does God see this? In the process of revelation, where you're at. I'm going to go further. It says, it says here, Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. Whoever are vegans does so to the Lord. Amen, did he? <laughs> There's no judgment. Yeah. <laughs> it says, so whoever abstains so does so to the Lord and gives thanks to the Lord, for none of us live, lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So we, we, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And what Paul is trying to emphasize, for the Lord, for the Lord, whenever there's a repetition, in Scripture, it's an emphasis of what is the main thing? What is the main thing? For the Lord. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Um, that's my sign in my studio. <laughs> For the Lord. And he says, so, so whether we live or die, where am I? Right. we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died returned to life. So that, he might, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10. You then... Why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we are all, for we all stand before God's judgment seat. Now Paul points back to God and he says, There's only one who judges, and that is Father. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God, so that each of us, every one of you, even including me, my beautiful wife, will give an account of ourselves to God. Paul is saying, hey, ultimately the main thing is, it's you living before the Father for the Lord. And if you in your heart know that that's where you're at, I'm living for you, Father. I am living, I'm telling you, I wish I've actually decided... With Facebook, I, I, I need to clean it up because my wife is also helping with algorithms now. The amount of attacks on Facebook, Christian on Christian, it is crazy. You know, some calling others religious. Let me tell you, be careful that you don't judge so quickly to say somebody else is religious.
Because they might just be on a journey towards their freedom. And now all we've done is we've boxed them into religion. And we said, you are religious. So, you want to come to church with a tie and a, sh- and a, and a, sh- and a suit? You are more than welcome to. I wore a jacket. Hey? I didn't put a tie on yet. <laughs> if you want to come to church with, uh, Lord bless you, sloppies, um, actually, <laughs> sandals. Look at one of my elders. This is, listen, this is, this is who you are. And you're free to be who you are. So you come as you are, and you come why unto the Lord. Your toes are shouting, hallelujah. Fine. <laughs> Sounds wrong, eh? You come as you are. Because God embraces you. And He says, come, I will walk with you. As long as I'm always telling myself, am I open to learn? Am I, Father, am I open to understand more of you? Because I, I know I don't have it all. I don't have all the revelation. Verse 13, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. And Paul, you know, sometimes it sounds almost like he's, he's stop it. I think Paul was also a man of grace. He's like, come on, guys. Come on. Let's do this better. Let us stop passing judgment. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. So now he's calling us to maturity. And he's saying, instead of finding quarrelsome disputes, let us, let us rather not put those stumbling blocks. Let us build each other up for what? So that you can live for the Lord. So that you can grow for the Lord. So that everything you do is for unto Him. I love it. I tell you, um, we, we've got a l- little growth group, eh? Beyond. Man, we challenge each other. We, you know, I love it. It's like, and, and then, you know, Bjorn will say something, and then I'm like, wow, okay. That got me thinking. We let you learn. It doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord or young you are in the Lord, um, we can learn from one another. So verse 14, he says, I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then that person, for that person, it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, um, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Wow. Take it into all the other quarrelsome disputes, <laughs> matters of dispute. Do, do not by maybe your opinion on something, destroy someone who for Christ died. So you know, I was at a Catholic school. And the Lord had to teach me. <laughs> and I was so radical. I was at um, Christian Brother School, St. Columbus. Bully boys. I'm one of the bully boys. And it's amazing. My wife sees it now. Wherever I go, if I meet someone, I'll quickly pick up if he's a bully boy. You know? We were trained and taught in a certain way by the brothers and the fathers. You know? And um, I was so young. In the, I was young in the Lord. I really was. But I was so radical. I stood up there and I stood on <laughs> In, in class, and I said, this is the, the, the religious education class, you know, Ari. I stood up and I said, I refuse to bow to Mary. <laughs> and so I was obviously then sent to the principal's office. Because <laughs> they were doing the, ro- what's it, the, um, the rosary, right? And they wanted me to have this thing and go one by one. And, and I stood up out of zeal for the Lord. I refused to bow to Mary. And um, the teacher said, come with me. <laughs> Went, I stood outside the principal's office. They let you stand because that's part of the discipline. You just wait, you know. 
standing, I'm thinking, okay, what did I just do? Well, how's this going to go down? I'm, you know, I'm on a bursary at the school. It's a semi-private school. I'm already thinking, your mother is not going to be happy. I'm going to lose my bursary. I'm going to be kicked out. Anyway, I, I'm standing outside, and he calls me in, and he, he, says, he, sits, he sits me down, brother, brother Hurling. And he says, Tim, I heard what you said. He says, uh, you, you love Jesus? I said, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again Christian. You heathen. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. I tell you, I, I'm standing, and, and I didn't say heathen, but I was thinking, and he says, do you think what you did was love? And I, I, I looked at him, and now nah, I didn't know what to say. And he said, I tell you what, I'm not going to let you in that room. So I was, I was expelled from RE classes for a year, right? He says, um, because I don't think you know what love is. I tell you, I, I walked out of there, and I, I felt so bad. Eh? I was like, because I knew the conviction in my heart. Like, I knew the Lord was actually dealing with me. Not that I will pray to Mary, but what I did, the way I said it, was so judgmental on them. Do you know that, I st- so I, I started the Christian Union at the school, because they had, they had the um, uh, Edmund Rice Society, which was the Catholic, I guess our Christian Union, Catholic way, right? And so I started that, and then I came to realize that there were Christians, born again, Catholics, born again, love Jesus, like fully spirit-filled. They came to the Christian Union. And, uh, and then Lord had to show me that even there, He will meet people. And He will bring them to the, full rev- to the revelation of Jesus. Now, I know some of you come from different church backgrounds. Some come from Anglican, and you had your things there. But even there, the Lord showed you that He met, he met people. And revival broke out. Some of you came from Methodists and even there. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Who are we to judge? Who are we to look down? And so Paul goes on and he says, Therefore do not let what you know, sorry, therefore do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God now, think things, Father's us. we've been talking about the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of eating or drinking, but what is it? It's a matter of righteousness, and I'm going to just break this down a little bit today, and we're going we're to ask the Lord to come and speak to our hearts. And righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of quarrelsome disputes. The kingdom of God is not a matter of debates and persuasive words. Paul put it this way. I did not come to you with persuasive words. I came to you with what? The power of God. We must be careful that we don't end up being so full of knowledge that we start to argue. And we start to debate. Because really... What is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? So righteousness, right standing with God. Let's, let's start with, again, our theology of righteousness, right? Righteousness is the right standing with God. It outlines our relationship with God. For having been forgiven of sins, we have been placed into right relationship with Him. And it behoves us to live righteously before Him all the days of our lives. Righteousness is right standing with God in Christ. Because Jesus is the righteousness of God. And so when you're in Christ, you're in right standing. Now Paul was writing not just about your righteousness in God. He was writing also with right standing with one another. Because remember what the issue is here. It's unity. And so he says, righteousness, being in right standing with each other. In other words, a culture of honor. In looking and embracing one another and saying, Okay, we may eat different foods, right? We may even, you know, fart slightly differently. 
because Stephanie, I, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. That's right. <laughs> Whatever the difference may be, righteousness is, we are in, <laughs> Veronica, he's going to rebuke me off this, in right standing. <laughs> we're in right standing with each other. Why? Because we are in Christ. And so righteousness looks above the, the differences. And it looks to Jesus. And it says, because Christ died for you, he died for me, and, he, and we are one in him. I will, uh, man, I had, I've got pastors and friends, pastors, right, that um, believe so different things of the end times. I mean, like completely different. Like the one, I'm, I'm a pre-millennial, I'm a post, I'm tribulation has happened, tribulation is now, tribulation will come. Listen, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but you said it, Margaret. Listen, those are disputable matters. Do you know, my, my take on the end times, who's going to be right? How are you going to know until it happens? So why, I'm not going to live my life trying to explain, and this is what I believe, you know, until, man, get on with the job, eh? <laughs> like, what is the main thing? Let's go make disciples, eh, Andre? Let's go out there and make disciples. I don't want to be arguing about, is it pre, is it post, is it now, is it then? Is it, man, it's just a tiring Hey. Disputable matters. Righteousness. Are we, we are in right standing with one another. And love, this is what a culture of honor cannot exist without love. Love looks way beyond that. What is peace? In fact, let me just give you a scripture in righteousness so that we settle the theologians again. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. God made Jesus, him, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ is our righteousness. And through Him we can walk uprightly before God, but also with each other, with one another. Because He broke the dividing wall. And so, peace... Colossians 3 verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And then he ends it off and says, so be thankful. Go now, be thankful. <laughs> peace. Christ, the Prince of Peace, when he's in your heart, he places peace inside of you. So even, even though I may see things differently, I am not ruled by my opinion, I'm ruled by the peace of God. I can still walk with you in love and peace. You know? Some of us will blow the trump, what's the shofar? And others are standing like this. <laughs> Loud. Others, no, the tambourine. There's always the tambourine, auntie. I don't know if you're sitting here today. <laughs> you know, and, and some are like, and are like eh, we love the tambourine. And the peace of God that rules in your heart. See, so peace has to rule. In other words, it needs to be given authority. And I think too many times in life, we take away, we take the authority away of peace in our hearts. Because we're consumed by worry, we're consumed by being anxious about stuff, and oh, I'm worried about this and that. And it's like, no, what are you doing? We're taking away authority for peace. The peace that is actually in you. Peace needs to rule. Give authority to peace. Say, you know what? I'll be at peace. I will rather not read those posts on Facebook because <laughs> they take away my peace. So I'm going to stay away from the post and give peace authority in my life again. And then lastly, and I, I, I'm going to close here because I believe joy is so important. Now, Auntie Pat is not here. For me, Auntie Pat is like, she's like the bubble of joy in this house. And um, ignite and fire starter. And when she starts coming, I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, she's probably watching. <laughs> I'm like, I know, man, there's some joy that's going to come my way. <laughs> but I tell you, you've got to allow joy to be evident in your life. Don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. Just because someone might think differently. Someone might look different or experience God differently. The kingdom of God is this. 
righteousness, peace, and joy. And that applies to the way we walk with God, but it also applies to the way we walk with one another. I love this church. And I say the church, I don't mean the building, I mean you. (laughs) Honestly, I, I love the people that God has entrusted into this community because he entrusted me into the community. I wasn't born here. <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up in the Father's house. He planted me here. And I've come to love what God is doing, with who God is doing things. And I choose to focus on that love. Even though I know some things I might, I might do might be so different here. Some things you might do might be so different. The way you see things, the way you see God, there may be moments of Him that is different, or the way you see is different to me. But we're on this journey towards likeness of Christ. Hey? Salvation is an event on the cross. It is a process of sanctification, the revelation of who you are, and who he is, and it is a goal and destination. Because the Bible says glorification, we will be like him when we see him in all ways. And so we're walking this walk together, and we're learning as we go. And some have gone ahead of us, and they'll say, hey, did you see this? <laughs> Do you know, wow, I didn't see that of God? Wow. And then we, we learn. And others might say, well, come and experience something new in worship. Jason and the worship ministry, come and experience something new, a new dimension of God. Come and experience something new um, in, in, in your revelation of who He is. You know, these are, this is all part of the journey. So, I want to close this morning by saying a prayer for us as a church. Is that okay? But I want want you to knit your heart to this. That we grow together in the Lord. That righteousness, peace, and joy be the foundation of how we walk together. And... um, no, I'm, I, I love, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I love talking and, you know, um, and listening. If you have an opinion of something, come and, come and talk to us. Have a coffee. I like good coffee. Yeah, coffee. <laughs> good coffee. So maybe just tell me, you know, um, so I can budget for good coffee. <laughs> but talk. Not, not in order to, to try and get everybody to think the way you think. That, I think that there's maturity in, here, in this. We talk so that we can get understanding. We talk so that we can learn from each other. And even if we don't get understanding, we still choose righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Eh? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's don't you want to be far? Where's Ron Canoli now? <laughs> Come on. Hey, Ron Canoli knew what he was talking about when he wrote that song. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So, Father, we thank you for your word that always brings revelation. Father, and it brings light. God, let the main thing be the main thing in this house. I thank you that you've knitted us together, that you've planted us together in the same garden. (laughs) And Father, as we grow, I pray that we may grow in grace and in love. Let righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit of God, Lord, let that be our foundation. Lord, I pray that um, we may not grow hardened, hardened hearts to the things that you do, whether they are mysterious, Father, and to the things that you're teaching us. 
So I thank you, Father, every person, every um, family in this house. Lord, thank you that we can, as you would say, iron sharpens iron. That we can sharpen one another towards being more like Jesus. And while your eyes are closed, or I just want to make just one appeal this morning. And I know this, this message sounds very simple, but it is a powerful message of the kingdom of God. And if you're here this morning and you haven't yet made the decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity. And so I'm going to ask you, um, if that is you, just put your hand up uh, so I can see you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but I, I do want to just pray with you. And I don't want, I don't want, to, want anyone to leave this place without having the opportunity to come to know Jesus. And so if that's you this morning, say, Tim, that's me. Just put your hand up and just want to say a prayer with you. And I see those hands. The Lord sees those hands. So I'm going to ask, church, I'm going to ask you to pray with us. I'm going to ask for those who put their hands up to pray this prayer. And this is a prayer, really, just to come back to Jesus. To accept Him as your Lord and Savior. So will you help me, church? Say, say after me, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I choose this day, Lord, to follow you, to make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.